Hello, my little pretties, and welcome to the House of Bliss podcast. I have a very special treat for your sonic wave reception cavities. That would be your ears, your sound pits. (laughs) Yes, I have an interview with my pastor and also good friend Jake Veach. He was a pastor in Reading for seven years, and by a very weird bit of chance, um, our families actually moved to Cleveland right around the same time from Reading. So as I've gotten to know him, I've just been more and more blessed by his life, and I know you will too. Every time I hear him talk, I'm like, why don't more people know about this guy? So we're going to bring him on for an interview. Um, And then I want you guys to go ahead and if you like what you're hearing from him, feel free to check out online. You can actually listen to his sermons. I will be posting a link to that in the description. Now, I do want to give one very important disclaimer. Disclaimer. Uh, You know that I have the utmost value for sound quality. I like things to sound crisp and pristine. For some reason, when we were recording this interview, there was a sound in the room. Maybe it was a mighty rushing wind, but I don't think so. I think it was a heater or something. Uh, And in the room, I didn't really hear it. It wasn't that strong. But for some reason, on this recording, it is absolutely horrifically loud and just almost ruins it. But you know, what Jake said was so compelling and so fantastic that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to post it anyway. So it's very funny that uh, I have all these audio gadgets. I can can sound like a chipmunk. I can sound like Barry Manilow. I can can sound sound like I'm falling through a space portal through time and space. But for some reason, I couldn't get rid of this blasted sound. So I'll give you two options. You can actually just close your eyes and pretend that what you're hearing is the soothing sound of a waterfall. Maybe picture Jake and I with a cup of tea by Niagara Falls. Uh, Or you can just imagine that I'm using a very terrible vintage microphone, maybe the first one Thomas Edison ever invented, because it basically sounds like that. So I apologize, but hopefully the content will outweigh the atrocious audio quality. Jake Veach is such a beautiful saint, and I can't wait for you to hear from him. Jake, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast. It's good to be here. How you feeling? I feel good, man. Excited. You look pretty nervous. You sweating over there? Uh, you told me you were going to grill me, so yeah, bring my A game. I just meant more like, because this is basically like, I would liken it to a Larry King interview, and it's a pretty big deal for you, so. <laughs> What's it like to have your first big break in ministry? <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a long time. Good. All right. Fantastic. Uh, so... I'm just going to assume that people uh, don't know who you are and just kind of share that uh, one thing I really love about Jake Beach for my listeners. I love, like when you read about Jesus, it said the scribes were angry at him because he spoke as one with authority. And I always feel like that when Jake speaks, like he's not just talking, he's not just reciting theology, but there's, there's, there's glory on it. There's a weight on it. Like he lives what he's talking about. 
And uh, I've been friends with him for a few years now. I've seen how he lives life, how he treats his family, um, how much his kids just love him and come alive around him. He's the real deal. He's he's very, very much like Jesus. And so uh, I just, the reason I wanted to bring him on is just to pull this stuff out for you guys. I think there's so much goodness in there. And also, uh, he's very funny. That's that's just true. You're very funny. So the pressure's on, Jake. Pressure's on. Be funny. Do a joke for us. This better be good or I want my money back. But uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to ask you just so people get a little bit of an idea um, of what you're about. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about, I know you were a pastor in Reading. Was it like yeah. a, a decade or close to? Yeah, let's see. So we, I got to Reading in 2005 uh, to do school ministry. Did three years with my wife there. We got married in between our first and second year. And uh, right after we did our internship, came on staff at a, at this school and I worked in the second year, did outreach for the school and uh, pastored and was on staff for about seven years or so and okay. uh, then got sent out here to Cleveland to, to help oversee the school, help with the church and uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a fun journey. You're up in Seattle, down to Reading, out here to Cleveland. Yeah, that's a really weird kind of parallel because I also grew up in Seattle and uh, also, about a month after you, uh, felt like the Lord called Katie and I to go to Cleveland. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't think for either of us, that was on our radar early no, totally at all. Not. So for you, I mean, was it just like they kind of told you that you're going? or? Well, I got a call from, uh, from my direct overseer there at the, at the church, and he said, Hey, I need you to come over. Come over to my house. So, oh, okay, it was like 8 o'clock at night. You know, I thought I was in trouble or something. Oh, no. But I think, you like, did one of the students do something weird? Like, <laughs> what happened? So I, I went over and we sat down. He said, so, listen, because I think you're moving to Cleveland. I said, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that? Like, well, you're like, did you, did you say, did you mean Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, well, you know, Chris, Chris got a call from, from Steve Witt out in Cleveland and he's, he's looking for somebody to, run the school and uh, pastor the church and we think it's you and so we talked about it for a couple minutes and I said so is this is this like go and check it out and see if I like it or is this your son and you're going to Cleveland yeah he said well you think about it however you want but I think you're moving to Cleveland okay yeah so yeah it was a quick process we we flew out here to uh, to meet Pastor Steve and to uh, check out check out Cleveland and within about a month, we had uh, sold our house, packed up our stuff, and had landed here in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, so it was super wow. quick. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, what a what a flip. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably talk to you a little bit later about Cleveland, but I kind of want to know just, just a little bit about uh, Reading. Yeah. Uh, being a pastor there, man, like, I mean, the reputation of Bethel, uh, it's gotten a lot better. Um just with Bethel music and stuff, and I, I, I love it. I, I went there for uh, just over a year, and it absolutely changed my life. Um, but I know sometimes the perception is yeah. like it's this crazy place where just weird people hang out. So uh, what <laughs> what was it like being a, a pastor there? I mean, can you tell me a little bit about yeah. some yeah, of the behind the scenes? It was a blast. I mean, you have any, any time that, that you are someplace that becomes a bit of a beacon of hope for people, yeah. you know, where... You start to get known for healing or for miracles to happen, for God to, to come through. You have people come in desperation and in great hunger and in great excitement. 
then you have a whole bunch of people that say, oh, well, you're a cult, and, you know, God, God doesn't like you guys, and, you know, we're all even possessed, you know, weird people or something, I don't know. I love it when uh, the devil heals people and fixes their marriages, and, you know. Totally. It's just <laughs> totally. So it was this interesting combination of, you know, I, I remember showing up to work one day, and there was a guy sitting outside, uh, just sitting on a bench, and I went up and said, ah, you know, how, how you doing today? And it wasn't, people would hang out all the time, but okay. something looked different about this guy. So I went over and said, ah, yeah, how are you? And uh, he introduced himself and said, well, I'm, I'm from Taiwan and, and I was able to get a couple of days off work. So I flew in, I'm in town for six hours and uh, I didn't know if the church would be open or not. So I'm just sitting here soaking in the presence of the Lord and I fly out this afternoon. Wow. Like, You're kidding. You're like, do you need anything? He's like, no, I just needed to be here. Just needed to be wow. here. So I grabbed him and pulled him inside and found some of our staff, some of our maintenance team, and I think the person who was working uh, at Hebrews, the cafe there, and grabbed him and said, hey, let's pray over this guy. We prayed for him, prophesied over him, and uh, he sent him, sent him on his way. But stuff like that would happen that would just blow my mind. People That's coming amazing. from other countries travel for two, three days, get there just to be there for a couple hours, and then fly back. You know, but crazy. Are there any like funny stories that you have just for being around? Like, well, I mean, we got a call one time when I was working with outreach for the school. Uh, you know, people come in, they hear all the stories of uh, yeah. all the amazing things that happen, and you know, people uh, getting healed in restaurants and grocery stores yeah. and, <laughs> and stoplights, and you know, yeah. Uh, until you really get into the culture, you know, there can be this sense of like, man, I can, I can just roll in and anything works. You know, I can do whatever I <laughs> yeah. want. And I remember one. Um, I may or may not have been that guy when I got to Reading. So I remember getting, we got a call from uh, one of the restaurants in town, fast food place in town, and a particular uh, person who was about to be a student. They weren't a student yet, so they hadn't oh, been through yeah. any of the training. Very zealous for the Lord, zealous, you know, for the for people to, to hear about Jesus and come into the kingdom. Uh, thought that it was a great moment to stand on one of the tables in the middle of the restaurant and start to to preach the gospel and you know they asked him to please get off the table for obvious reasons people were trying to eat and they're trying to take orders and you know it was creating chaos and uh they were so so uh impassioned by you know yeah. this call to spread the gospel that they um they ended up having to call authorities to get him off the table oh, and we got a call and say, hey i think one of your people came to our restaurant and so we got to clean that up really well and you know but it was it was great it was one of those super encouraging and terrifying moments all at the same time of like people really want you know to yeah, spread the gospel right. and we're also standing on people's hamburgers while we preach you know like we right. gotta, gotta <laughs> make sure that we're honoring people well hey dude when people pray like give me a fire that i can't contain you know what i mean and then it's like oh yeah no it's it, you can get you can end up having crazy crazy boldness yeah i mean it was it was fun you know when we had the uh, the glory cloud, uh, you know, show up there in the in the sanctuary, and such a such an interesting thing. You know, the presence of the Lord was was obviously so so amazing to be a part of uh, in that, and then seeing this cloud swirling through the sanctuary. I remember the the next day uh, hearing that Dan Fairley. One of the first things that he did was to you know send people up there to make sure that nobody had shoved gold dust in the you know like yeah. glitter or something in the vents. You know, yeah. just because he went so, so wanted to make sure that it was a genuine thing of the Lord. Sure. You know, that we yeah. were climbing through air ducts and just right. making sure, like, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody's doing something, you know, doing something dumb. But 
So I and I've heard a little bit about that actually, but I was uh, I feel like, <laughs> so right when I got there is like somebody said, oh yeah, I think that stopped happening like about three months ago. I was like, no, what? Come on, bring it back, Lord. I want the want the glory cloud. But uh, so did that ever go through your head though? Like, this is just glitter. Or, or was there something about it where you're like, no, this is clearly not just like a glitter cloud. There's something. Yeah, no, I, it, it never really went through my head like, oh, this must be just glitter in the air or something. Because it didn't fall. Like, it it moved. You know, it was, it was like this, this cloud that would it would go up and it move across the room and then come back around the other side. And That's insane. And just the, the awe of God that filled the room. Yeah. You know, when it, when it would happen, it wasn't, it wasn't natural. You know, like it everybody was focused in on the presence of the Lord. It wasn't just a distraction from that, but it was right. this, it was this uh, awe-inspiring moment uh, to, to look and go, man, this is, this is something beyond uh, our comprehension, something, you know, that we, we don't fully understand, but points to uh, the presence of the Lord in the room and him being there to, to be with his kids. And uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome moment. I think that's honestly the most valuable and life-changing thing that I got just from being in writing in general was that not only is God uh, real, but he's so very close and tangible and not even just in normal ways, like he gives you goosebumps when you read the Bible, but like he shows up in power, he shows up in goodness. And every time he does, it's not like a, uh, oh wow, that's great, I'm going to chase miracles now. It's just like a you feel so much more connected to his heart because he's a good God. And yeah. it's like each miracle, you know, Bill Johnson talks about each one is a little, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a glimpse into his heart. It's, yeah. it's because of his name that flows right. out of that. Yeah. So, so with that, um, I wanted to ask you, like, do you have a couple of, uh, just crazy miracle testimonies? What's maybe the craziest thing that you've witnessed? Mm, craziest thing. You know, I think, I think one of, there, there a bunch, but one of the the craziest things was the first time that James Maloney came uh, to the church. He was praying for people. He he uh, asked anybody who had met to come up, especially for restricted movement across pain. And uh, this lady came up, and she had her her spine had been infused with a metal rod running all the way up and down her spine, and she couldn't bend her back. You know, she could bend at the waist, but her back wouldn't bend. It's uncomfortable. It was restrictive. So it was restrictive, and so he, he had them come up to the front, and he said, you know, I want to pray for you. We've been seeing breakthrough with metal disappearing out of people's bodies. And, you know, now now it's somewhat common, you know, where we see a lot of people who have metal dissolved out of their bodies. But at this point, I, I hadn't heard of that yet. And It's you know, just common. It's just metal. It's just yeah, yeah. Never, <laughs> oh, don't worry. The Lord has you. But so he starts praying over this uh, this lady, and she starts to feel the fire of the Lord go up and down her back. And he feels something hot on his hand. He pulls his hand back from her from her back, and it's covered in this gray metallic liquid. And the the best you know the only thing that we could figure like she starts she she what? starts to feel the power of God hit her, and she starts to bend where she couldn't bend before, oh like where she shouldn't be able to bend because of this metal rod. Yeah. And uh, he looks down. He puts up his hand. And he says, "Look at this." And the metal had had turned liquid and come out her back onto his hand. That's insane. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And she's freaking out, you know, like she's <laughs> doing jumping jacks, jumping up yeah. and down, bending down, touching her toes. 
stuff that she couldn't she couldn't you know, experience before. Yeah, and uh, yes, that was pretty wild to experience. Uh, you know, we had stuff. We had taken a team out to uh, uh, a football game at one of the local high schools, and got a word of knowledge for a kid that was there in the bleachers. And he had he had this big cast that went up all the way up his leg. He had broken his leg in five places that week, like two or three days earlier. And uh, as we as we prayed for him, excuse me, there's a whole story. You know, he didn't want us to pray for him. His mom, who was with him, uh, forced him to let us pray for him. And uh, so as we prayed, the fire of the Lord went up and down his leg and completely healed him. Wow. Like he had this massive brace and he he ended up ripping the thing off and walking around just freaking out. And his mom's freaking out and all his friends are freaking out. And as a result of that miracle, there were there were five of his friends that were around him that were all making fun of us at the start. But at the end, three of them gave their heart to Jesus for the first time. And two of them had uh, been a part of a church earlier in their life. But you know, had had kind of moved away from the Lord, and they rededicated their lives to the Lord, and just this amazing, like, this amazing moment of God showing up, completely healing somebody, and it bearing fruit of of lives coming into the kingdom. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. And that was through, was that through you praying or through you and a yeah, team that, praying? That one was uh, was was me and the team there at the high school football game praying for people, and you know, so. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So I know, uh, just knowing you and your background, been uh, walking with Jesus and uh, just kind of full of the Holy Spirit since a young age. So I know that you've been really going after this a long time. Um, and I'd, I'd just like to ask you, like, what do you think is one of the most intense miracles you've seen through your own life? Well, let's see. Hmm. I mean, we've had uh, people healed of cancer, you know, tumors disappear. And uh, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, um, you know, stuff that's, that's always so impactful. People that have had, uh, you know, problems, uh, problems in their body, arthritis for, there was one lady down in uh, Mexico, she had suffered from rheumatoid arthritis for uh, 25 years, and the Lord touched her and healed her just in, in an instant, you know, and I think. For me, it's always it's always so amazing to see somebody who is who has had to walk with pain or had to walk with something for such a long time, mm-hmm. and then see the Lord heal them in, in a moment, and watch as they yeah. they start to realize like my life is going to be completely different from yeah. this point forward. Like all the stuff that I I couldn't do before with pain, uh, because of pain, now I get to do and now I get to experience. You know, or I. I you know, stuff like with cancer, you're seeing, seeing diseases like that go away and people realize that that, that uh, uh, looming just despair. Yeah. You know, and there's this fresh hope for, for what's coming in the future. It's just yeah. incredible, you know. And that's, my, that's awesome. My grandpa, you know, he had, uh, he, was, he was a missionary and church planter and they saw people raised from the dead and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, hearing... Those stuff like that that just kind of you, you just sit back and go, this is this is insane. Yeah, like the the Lord so loves His people. Yeah, you know that He He does impossible things with us. You right, know? and then He uses us to do it. It's just amazing. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's something that you. I mean, you teach. Uh, you you direct the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry here in Cleveland. In case people didn't know that, and. Uh, 
that's really what you do is like you help people who want that actually see it become a very normal part of their life. And I know for me personally, one of the things that was holding me back the most, like obviously we both believe like literally anybody who's a believer can walk in this stuff, can see this stuff happen, can even become a very normal part of life to the point where you're like, yeah, and metal came out. Of course it did. Like, of course metal came out of their body. Yeah. But uh, one of the biggest hindrances is our beliefs about the character of God. Uh, for some, it is it is actually news to them that God still heals people. And uh, not only does he do that, but he does it all the time because he's good. Yeah. And I think some of our problems come in actually just through the way that we view scripture um not that the scripture has a problem but our interpretations our lenses right uh and so even just recently i decided to read through the whole bible again and uh yeah man there's some intense stories in there there's uh (laughs) you know like uh (laughs) there's a story where uh they said not to uh they told the israelites not to mate with the daughters of another tribe and during a big important ceremony they catch a guy and it says sickness like broke out and was killing people left and right and so they had to actually (laughs) just being real here they had they like stabbed them while they were in the act and you just read these stories in the bible and you're like god who like obviously my heart says yes i believe god is good yeah i know that i know that god is good but then i read some of these stories And I just think, like, how do you reconcile the two? Like, how do you, do you ever personally feel like you have a rub with sometimes the God of the Old Testament and uh, this, this father of Jesus that you know so well? Yeah. I think, I think sometimes people do, they do have a view of God that thinks that the cross changed God. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they see him as, but he was happy and he made Adam and Eve in the garden. Everything was good and they sinned and then he got really mad and he's like, get out of the garden, and now, you know, life's going to be really hard until Jesus, and now I get to take out all my anger and frustration with humanity on, out on Jesus, and now I'm happy again until the end where I'm going to judge everybody and, you yeah. know, kill most of you, and, uh, you know, this was, sounds he's like angry good news. Again, and then he's happy for the rest of eternity, you know? Right. And I think any time that we, that we put that kind of mood swing, you know, uncontrolled anger... Uh, need to punish, you know, on God. We misunderstand what we're reading. We misunderstand the, the character of God and the nature of God. I mean, the cross, the cross obviously didn't change God. It changed us. And uh, you know, the 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 main the main thing I encourage people to do is that you know, John in uh, you know John one and Hebrews one, it, you know, we clearly see that that Jesus is in Colossians one that Jesus is the image of the invisible god he's the perfect representation of the father and you know as we as we see that we we start to understand that jesus is our our clearest revelation of what god the father is like and if we start to read scripture and we we have a hard time reconciling uh what we're seeing in scripture and what we see in jesus then we always side with jesus Mm. you know because he he is the perfect representation of the father and he is our clearest picture of what God's like. And so, you know, when the disciples uh, see see the town that rejects Jesus and they go, well, let's call down fire and burn him up. And Jesus rebukes them and says, hey, you don't know what spirit you're of. Sure. You know, yeah. we, we see this clear picture of, oh, okay, there's something that we've misunderstood about God. And it's not his fault. It's our fault. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and he's kind of he's coming with a clear picture of, hey, this is what my father's like. He's coming with mercy and kindness. He's coming with self-sacrificial love to redeem humanity. And uh, but you know, the Old Testament, the Old Testament in a large way does show us. Uh, it's it's man's best attempt to be righteous yeah and to try and fulfill what only Jesus could fulfill you know so when man when man chose the uh, chose to eat the fruit of the tree and try and engage with uh, righteousness on their own you know the they they entered into this journey to try and say hey, I, I know better than God and I I can do this and we can fulfill you know what's needed to be right in his eyes and and uh, that, that's a painful journey to try and do that on your own. And only Jesus could fulfill that. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I, I think we engage with the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus and allow it to, uh, it, it, to reveal Jesus to us. You know? But at the end of the day, if we're trying to figure out if God's a kind of angry, vengeful, you know, let's kill everybody God, you don't see that in Jesus. You know? And he, yeah. he has to be our lens of interpretation. Yeah. yeah that we, we see the whole of scripture through. Yeah, absolutely. I've been thinking lately, uh, I've got actually a tattoo on my arm, Isaiah 61 1, where it talks about, uh, you know, it's liberty to captives and yeah. freedom for prisoners and things like that. And it also mentions the day of vengeance. Uh, but it, in that context of mentioning the day of vengeance, it goes on to list like people cities will be restored and uh ruins will be rebuilt and people will be rescued and yeah you know it's like so it's in some sense i'm wondering if you're you know kind of thinking the same way as like uh the old testament is sort of um a picture of what happens like you said when man is trying to interact with god on their own terms of righteousness and it it leads to it just leads to ruin it leads to destruction but when god actually comes in jesus and says all right now it's my turn to really run this ship the way he does things like get vengeance is by healing his enemies by uh you know he, he yeah. he's a god who uh when he goes on the attack it actually leaves people healed and saved and delivered rather than destroyed and ruined he's not he's not that kind of god yeah. And so uh yeah, I'm just curious how you navigate that because um, I know sometimes it's just so easy to uh, it's just so easy to read the Old Testament. And go, what? Ah, so yeah. when we read, we read you know snapshots of stories of, of how God's interacting with His people, yeah. and, you know how nations are interacting with each other, and what what we often don't think about is the hundreds of years you know that the Lord is is. Uh, sending prophets and pleading with, with his people and calling them home and calling them to to himself you know and it's there's hundreds of years of rejection of the lord that leads to some of these moments where i, th- I think he 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 goes i uh you know i i think we we see sometimes we we go okay well you know they get handed over into captivity Right, and we go. Oh well, yeah, they didn't do what God wanted, so He gave them to their enemy. Yeah, and that's not that's not the full picture, you know. Yeah. He's pleading with them, saying, "You know, I'm I'm here. I want to redeem you. I want to save you. I have, I have hope for you." Yeah. And there's this rejection and moving away and moving away. He goes, "I'm I'm not going to control you. If you don't want me, then like this is what it looks like when I'm not there. Is other nations come in and they they start to take what you have and you know, that protection that you've enjoyed in my presence." You know, if you don't want me here, I'm not going to force myself on you. 
Yeah. You know, and it's in those moments they go, oh, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We really liked that. Let's yeah. come back. Oh, Lord, yeah. where are you? Why did you right. leave me? Yeah. It's like, no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me who walked away. You yeah. know, I've been here. I'm right here. You know? Wow. Yeah. But context uh, helps a lot. You know, it helps a lot. We read it through the way that we see the world right now. And, and you know, uh, so much of the history we see in the Old Testament is their societies are still being formed. And there's not the same moral standards, and you know, there's no, there's no governing government bodies that are, you know, holding people accountable to how they treat each other. It's a, it's a, it's a wild world, you know. Right. The Lord comes in and brings structure, you know, in Israel that the world hasn't seen before that, uh, you know, which is incredible when you look at. It. Yeah, yeah, that's really the one of you know one of the big things I've been learning is. Uh, actually just diving into like Leviticus and stuff like that and seeing actually the stuff that looks so foreign to us it was such a breath of fresh air then it, yeah. was, it was really giving people safety and uh, structure to where it was just like this I mean trying to imagine a million people in the desert uh, oh. you know just <laughs> chilling in the desert and like people are like oh law is bad I'm like listen you need something <laughs> out there or it's just gonna get crazy so yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Cool. Thanks for sharing on that. Um, I think I just wanted to ask you, like, probably one more to wrap up here. Um, but I love the uh, just the way you live your life. I know every day that you are just seeking to encounter Jesus. It's not like a like a, oh yeah, I had a great encounter like five years ago. But it's like daily for you. You really want to experience Him and listen to Him. So because of that, you have such a spirit of revelation on you. And I'm just curious, what's really burning in your heart right now? Yeah. Um, you know, I, th I think it's it's kind of a continual theme, but it, it gets stronger and, and increases the more that I, I jump into it, is uh, the absolute necessity to see Jesus, mm -hmm. to, that the, the Holy Spirit must be present for something real to happen, you know, for, for real breakthrough to happen, for... For real fruit to to happen, and you know that that what I need isn't often isn't just a, a real change or a you know a certain certain breakthrough like well if this thing comes then everything will be okay. But I I have to have Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, and keeping that bent of if I'm doing something that uh, either doesn't doesn't require Him or that uh, doesn't have Him like what's the use? Like why am I doing that? He's his presence has to be central. His face has to be central. The spirit of God has to be moving through it. You know, just kind of the that deeper place where I, I don't need him to show up. You know, where I, where it's not required that the the Lord is there. Yeah. You know, for fruit to happen. And um, you know, when when he's there, incredible things happen. And so, really, really feeling the emphasis on I. I yeah. You know, when I see him. It, it, that brings revelation on what I'm reading in scripture. It brings you know context and wisdom for where I'm going in life and the needs that are rising up and how to handle them. Uh, but uh, having a, a revelation of his nature impacts everything. Yeah. You know? Would you mind uh, praying just for the people listening? And I, of course, for me too. Uh, just that that would be our experience. That uh, that we would actually have just like. I know that there are people who are going, man, I really want that. I want what he's talking about. So would you just pray and release yeah, that over us? absolutely. Yeah, well, Lord, I, we ask that 
that as we come to you, as we come to you in prayer, as we come to you in scripture, come to you in worship community, Lord, that, that we would see you. Lord, that you would open our eyes to, to see what you're like, that you would reveal your nature to us. God, I, I pray that that as we continue to walk out this faith and as we as we walk out this journey into your presence, Lord, that you would open our eyes, that would open our eyes to Jesus and to the absolute necessity uh, for the Spirit of God to come. That that it's not it's not just a, you're not an add-on to the rest of our life, but you are the very you are the, the, the central focus, you're the you're the source of the river, you are everything. You are all consuming. God, I pray that you would be that, that you would be that all-consuming fire. When we wake up, we can see you. When we go to bed at night, you'd be on our mind. But all throughout the day, you'd be on our lips, that there would just be a, a burning presence of the Lord that resides in everything that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Juicy. What am I supposed to do now? I guess you end it. I don't know. Where <laughs> you, eat, you eat dinner. Yeah, meals are always good. (laughs) Gonna eat in the glory. Uh, Thanks for your time, Jake. I really appreciate it.